get you go to school. And here's your name. What do you think of what's going on right now, mate? These evil little invisible parasites. Satan-worshipping Freemason moron. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're not run by factions. Get the fuck out of camera! There are much more powerful international forces in play. Is this pink guy? Is this what pink guy is? I don't fucking know what's happening. Please get outside and look at the moon quickly. It's been crazy, guys, but guess what? It's how it is, mate. Mate, because I want to do it slow. But I ain't spending any time on it. Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims, and con artists. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joe Hill, and today we're going to make a din about dins. Yes, the New World Order pedophile government is insisting company directors register to get a digital identification number. And that can only spell one thing, besides din. Constant surveillance (laughs) and forced insect eating, which is actually three things. Ah! Oh, dear. That is too much for me to handle. And we'll have a serious look at drug law reform in this country because other countries are doing it, some for a long time now. And guess what? It's working with a butt. With a butt, yes. And we'll try and explain the brouhaha over soft-sit nomenclature and come up with an easy solution to fix it once and for all. Yes. But before we get on that, we need to shamelessly put our hands out like the grifters that we are Mm -hmm. and ask, nay, beg for your support in keeping the show coming to you hot and fresh. Yes, the conditional release program is free, but it doesn't pay the rent. Don't make us sell supplements which can cure your bum rash. Mm. Actually, I'm working on a little something right now involving frankincense and Vegemite, which tastes disgusting and may not only cure what ails you, but makes for a lovely gift at a birthday shower when you think your mate's little bundle of joy might just be the Messiah. Hail him! Hosanna! Now, you listen here, Jack. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. Well, we don't know that. We don't know that till he turns about 30. Yes, and maybe he's an apprentice carpenter and we get a bit of a vibe. We'll see what happens. But don't make us do that. It's embarrassing. Yes, Maria Z does please. it for the rest of us. It's fine. Mm. It would be a whole lot easier if you just gave us five bucks a month and you'll get all sorts of extra bonus content to keep cooker idiots and grifters being identified and mocked mercilessly for your listening pleasure. Go to www.patreon.com backslash the conditional release program and flick us a bit of your hard earned. Do it. Do it now. And just to prove it, Patreon Jimmy is uh, listening uh, to us record the show right now. We had a good chat beforehand. We Thank did. you, Jimmy, for your patronage. Pleasure to meet you, buddy. But we will wait quietly now while you get your credit card out, just like Jimmy did. Oh, no, we can't do that. We can't wait because no, you have to get on with the show. Jimmy's waiting. He's waiting. And that means it's time for the CRP's Fortnightly News. That's a conditional release program. Fortnightly News to you. The latest thing to rock the cooker universe is a new federal government initiative which will implement a director identification number, otherwise known as a DIN. DIN, 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 DIN. A DIN is a compulsory scheme forcing directors of incorporated companies to register before November 30, 2022. So the mandate's actually already begun. Yeah, and we have to thank Vexatious Litigant for excellent work on this. Most of this piece will be based on findings that you can find on Twitter and Facebook. Genuinely good account it is uh, from Vexatious Litigant for following the legal shenanigans of cookers and other highbrow cooker comedy content. So... The director ID number is mandatory, and that's a mandate, and we all know how much cookers hate mandates. Yes, they do. Yes, the cookers hate being told what to do, and apparently that's what the Nazis did. Oh, no. And what domestic abusers do. Yeah. Well, later. 
Yeah, truly. So it seems like they're also like being the directors of companies. I mean, like, of course, most people outraged by this have no idea what a DIN is, what a director does, why they exist. But you just insert Clash Schwab into it and they lose their fucking minds. <laughs> just anything about digital ID, fuck's sake. I mean, ASIC <laughs> Records, they show that incorporated companies are incredibly popular with corporate influencers. They love starting companies with all sorts of fantastic names. I think it's a limited liability structure. It really speaks to their sense of personal responsibility. Yes, but if you actually sat them down and explained directors' liabilities, that'd freak them out, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Listen, anyway. They like to talk about the corporation's law, but not in detail. No, not in that kind of detail. Yeah. Um, yes, anyway, the director ID system is a form of digital ID, and when it comes to conspiracy obsessed hermits. The only thing they hate more than mandates are digital identification methods. Oh, nothing worse. So, yeah, dim sims. So, most cooked units will claim that digital ID will usher in this sort of new wave of compliance through social credit scores, which is all part of Klaus Schwab's Great Reset Agenda. Damn him. Damn him. I mean, look, I'm just going to say this. Klaus Schwab doesn't support credit scores. That's in his books. You can read them. They're available. Just, Just saying, guys. He's just saying that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's all out in the open. No, he's lying. Whatever. So a prominent commentator on this topic who I found on Telegram, an actual fucking lawyer, has suggested that this is an expansion of cancel culture, insinuating the government will shut down businesses that aren't woke enough. The source mm. for this is, of course, oh, just trust me, bro. Don't worry about it. I've got, like, I've, I've just got a hunch. I'm a lawyer in that. I'm a law-talking guy. Yeah, it's a human rights lawyer too. I mean, pick your lane and stick in it because you're yep. not good at this. Yep. Yep. They also go on to complain about how business owners are constantly under threat, which just is this victimhood complex, the right, which is just going from bad to worse. It is next level. And of course, everything is communism to these people. Communism. All damn communism. It. I knew it. Those yeah. damn communists. Director ID it, communism. It's also the UN's Agenda 2013 plan and something else about 2030 which yep. is going to be a really bad year. Not we yet. haven't seen this level of government oppression since the ABN was introduced by the Howard Gummant. In July 2000, a truly dark time in business. Oh, yeah. We've never looked back. It's been it was, so- It was just awful. It's been horrid. Who, nobody knew the price of a cake. There were actually concerns about the privacy impact of the ABN, to be fair. In a paper called The GST Brings Taxing Times for Privacy, it was argued that the register of information attached to the ABN would bring issues of sort of information retention that would essentially impact these hobby-style businesses and not-for-profit community organizations mm-hmm. that don't want to have their information leaked by some sort of shitty internet breach. But the issue of privacy is being raised by conspiracy theorists on Telegram who are asking that, somewhat reasonable question which is why should we trust them with more of our personal information but it's not actually fucking somewhat reasonable you trust them with way more information than this (laughs) to apply for your centrelink big fans of that medicare where would you be with that tax benefit a and b you fuckwits free money exactly you will give anything to get that but when it comes to basic compliance the good of society oh no 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 that's no that's too far communism I assure you, you give as much, if not more, information to your real estate agent if you're renting who keeps it on a fucking Excel spreadsheet labelled ID documents for tenants on their desktop. And a dodgy old filing cabinet that remains unlocked. Exactly, exactly, which they eventually throw in council cleanup. So we never expected their arguments to be genuine or in good faith because since when did cookers ever discuss anything in good faith? Yeah, but to really. give you a picture of how this is being discussed, here is a clip from Rebecca Lloyd from Fair Business Australia 
self-titled. You know, they, they call themselves that. It's fair. It's fair. F-A-I-R. Exactly. You know, Just because they're, you're wondering. they're so fair and you'll find out why soon. And this is like a business consultancy that markets heavily towards conspiracy theorists. Fair Business Australians, on the night of the 9th to the 10th of November, I believe it was, 1938, Kristallnacht, a night of so much devastation that that was the start of the Jews being put into uh, ghettos and things like that. Crystal Night was the night that people stood back and did nothing. Crystal Night was the night that began what would be the Holocaust of six million Jews going to their death in camps that were often right close to where people actually lived. Make no mistake that what has just happened in the last two years was Crystal Night. And when people stood by and did nothing, that is the start of what is going to continue until the Great Reset of, of 2030. They are now coming for directors with IDs. So now directors are talking and actually spreading the word amongst themselves. We have to do X, Y, Z, or we're going to get this type of fine. And then if we do do X, Y, Z, because we need to protect and provide for our families, who's to know where it's going to go for there? Who's to know what the next step is? And so crystal knocked, people stood back and went, oh, geez, okay, that's not very good. Oh, probably shouldn't have, oh, okay. And people stood back and did nothing. And then they moved into the ghettos. And then they starved, some of them. Some of them escaped. And then they were moved off to the concentration camps. You may take my life, but you will not take my freedom. And that is what we have, ladies and gentlemen, in Australia. This is Crystal Night again for directors now. Do not think that once you do, the first thing that they're asking you to do as a director, that they will not go again and again and again and again and again. This is exactly how an abusive relationship starts. It starts with a nasty remark and a sideways glance. It starts with a little shove it's, and then it moves to a hit across the face and then before you know you're getting seven bells beaten out of you, men and women, both victims of domestic violence. So here are the reasons why the government are implementing a director ID system, not because it's fucking crystal knocked. This is from the small business website. Yeah, Chris, no, a bit different. Bit yeah, different. Anyway, this is what the government says. The shareholders, employees, creditors, consumers, external administrators and regulators are entitled to know the names and certain details of the directors of a company. All directors are required by law to verify their identity with us before receiving a director ID. This is important because it will help to prevent the use of false or fraudulent director identities which is a problem, yep. make it easier for external administrators and regulators to trace directors' relationships with companies over time. Yep. Again, very important. Stops phoenixing. Mm -hmm. Identify and eliminate director involvement in unlawful activity such as illegal phoenix activity. Exactly. Just to explain what that is, they sink companies, they start a new one. Mm -hmm. and, and creditors lose out and then yep. they just move on to the next company. Just it go bankrupt make a new one. Yeah. yeah. Happens in the construction industry all the time. You don't even go bankrupt. You don't even you don't have to go go bankrupt. You just run away from your creditors, essentially. Mm. And you do that because you've got false directors. Exactly. Yeah. The entire thing is based on fraud, and in the current system, it's way easy to conduct it. So they're fixing it now. I'm going to leave it to you to wonder why cookers are concerned about these issues of avoiding fraud and phoenixing. I don't want to make any inferences here, no, especially not no. the character of Rebecca Lloyd. That would be speaking out of turn. Yes. Let's just wonder why people in the movement. Think that preventing fraud 
and phoenixing in corporations is akin to the beginning of the Holocaust. Yes, of course, you know, law peddlers are trying to make a buck off by uh, creating this bizarre issue and capitalising off their reaction to what is fundamentally a very good reasonable accounting mechanism and a positive step toward good corporate governance. It is. It's simple. Telegram groups are sharing ways to get an extension on the deadline and the usual annoying template letters claiming they can't find this in the Corporations Act and therefore it must be invalid. Mm. Obviously, this was rooted in legislation. Like, fuck, you didn't... You searched the act online and you didn't find what you were looking for and now you've got this gotcha template? Fuck off, Wendy. Because it's all gobbledygook, Joel, in black letters and I can't read them. Oh, what? You're not good at law? Maybe you should stop dabbling in it, you moron. Anyway, so the Treasury Laws Amendment, bracket, Registries Modernization and Other Measures Act of 2020, introduced Part 9.1A of the Corporations Act 2001 and they, of course, claim this isn't there because it's not because it's not there. It's because they don't know how to search for it. Because they're not smart. Google, they, is, Google is hard, Joe. Google just, is hard. Like, just go on Osley and anyway, just don't. Just give up. Stop doing this. The letter basically relies on this sort of classic pseudo-law tenant. The silence is acceptance. And this is absolutely not the case. This is very much not the case. They teach us this in like day one of law school. So they babble on about how the new system is illegal. And if they don't get a response, that it's not a matter of them being entitled brats having a tantrum about something they don't understand, but the silence is acceptance and their terms will be met. It could even be a contract. Silence could be a contract. It's so embarrassing (laughs) they think this. And they all do. I mean, I was listening to Tim Fortales today and it was all through it. And I'm like, fuck, no, silence is not acceptance. Shut up, James, you anus. So Mike Palmer from Know Your Rights, a pseudo-law group that paywalls the secrets to getting away with endless criminal and civil offences and personal debts, are all over this. I'm not sure what they're saying, though, because I'm not going to give them money to find out. You need to give them money to find out. Mm. I'm not going to do that. But a human rights lawyer, and this was one before, named Andrea Tokaji, has been doing online seminars on the topic for $50 a person. Ooh. What? What are you fucking saying so magical? So if you apply for the DIN over the phone, apparently it's no longer digital. That's definitely worth 50 bucks. I'm mm. really glad. I think you failed to realize that the other person who's on the other side of the phone, they're just filling out the web form for you over the phone. <laughs> but I guess you can dream, you know. Yeah. I mean, look, you've got to tell them something for 50 bucks, right? You can't just sit there and stare at them. So another classic character in the cast of idiots here, Monica Smith joined the party. She intends to comply with the new law. Bless her heart for doing that. You know, she's the director of God knows how many companies at this point. She mm-hmm. loves directing a company. You know, like it's, it's, it's her thing. She probably wanted to be a director at first, but then she realized being a political agitator was the only thing that could actually work for her. And now she just does that. She loves cash, the folding type, but all of her donations are digital. She hates the internet, although her entire organization is based on the internet. That's true. Yeah. It's bizarre. But so she's given people a how-to guide on her website with instructions on how to avoid using the evil MyGov app. Of course, she calls it MyGov ID because she's an idiot and thinks it sounds better. That's a fucking that's a verification app. It's like a two-step authentication app. You use that to access the app that then gives you access to online government services. You do not access government services through the MyGov ID app. That's not how this works. No, but it's separate. That, <laughs> but that's how Monica, you know, I can't sing their app though because like I said, they're all calling it that. It just, it has a bit of ring to it. And like, as if cookers care about detail. They don't give a shit. They love this shit. They just all fucking theatrical actors on a dumb stage of pseudo law and nonsense. And it's games. So she goes on to explain that you can do the application over the phone. But she didn't want to do that. No. Why? She doesn't kind of explain why. 
But I reckon maybe she called up, she heard the operator typing during the call and sort of missed what Andrea was going out there. Well, and it's like, not oh. going to be quick, is it, over the no. phone? It's and she not has going to be all that quick. And no she's a busy girl. Span. No, she has no attention span. She's not busy. She's, she's got fuck all going on right now. But let's see. What's the alternative? She wants to mail it in, snail mail, postal style. Yeah. So apparently this is only available for people living overseas. Now, this makes no fucking sense to me at all. It's incredibly strange and stupid. That's another story. But why would you give people overseas the option to post? That is so incredibly inconvenient. The beauty of the internet is you can do shit across borders. Anyway, I'm not going to go into that. She goes on to say that this is the case. You can only do this if you're living overseas. But, quote, I am using this anyway, and I'm sure it will be fine. That's good enough for me, Joe. Classic, Monica. Just classic. She then instructs her followers to fill in the form like this, where it says, what is your home address outside Australia? She simply put, I don't live outside Australia. I just want to do a paper version of this application. There you go. That's okay. how you do it. And look, she reckons it might work. And maybe it will. Maybe they'll be like, okay, let's let this idiot do it by paper. But honestly, Monica, never change because I found that so deeply funny. You are just in this state of perpetual arrested development. So you never will change. But please don't. Don't evolve. Don't get smarter. Don't go to university. Just keep being you. You're just so beautiful in your current form. I love it so much. And while Monica was hard to beat with her bizarre plan to beat the system with paper forms, my favourite comes from the common law pseudo-law group Copyright Claim Services. Mm -hmm. This absolute piece of legal genius comes from Debbie, who thought this all up by herself, or so they say. Yeah. But Debbie went even further. She researched the Corporations Act, and what she found will surprise so many business leaders when a company or its representative accountant registers under the Corporations Act with ASIC, that corporation tacitly accepts the Act as their corporate constitution, right? But what your accountant may not be aware of is that if a company writes its own constitution, their constitution supersedes the Corporations Act. It's acting outside the Corporations Act, and it becomes a law that the company must obey. Knowing this, it is a simple matter to write your own company constitution or to amend it, if you already have one, to include a stipulation specifically stating that its directors may not register for any kind of ID. Wow, this is some lateral thinking right there. (laughs) Yeah, they believe that you can supersede the Corporations Act. Just stand outside it. Oh, it's not for us. I'm sorry. We don't really (laughs) like the we don't really like the font. We don't consent. Yeah. Yeah. So you just write yourself out? Debbie went really far to find this one out. Oh, deep. She went even further. Even further. Yeah. So like Let's rewind to Crystal Knight, Rebecca Lloyd. She's the star of this show. There's a lot of players in this, but she's the star. She's in the previous clip. She's not going to take this lying down. She's not going to take it at all. Not like Monica, who signed up like a sellout. What she is going to do (laughs) is she's going to take Cooker's money in the tens of thousands for yet another class action that will never happen, never had a chance of winning, and was never going to be commenced, ever. Let's think about Martin Luther King. Most people don't know where he was when he stood, said, said uh, that speech. Most people don't know how many people were in attendance. Most people don't know if the press were in attendance. Can you remember what he was wearing? We know he was wearing some kind of a suit. No one knows anything. No one even knows the full speech. But everybody knows, I have a dream. And that calls to something deep, deep, deep inside of us. What is the difference between a vision and a mission? 
The vision is what gets you out of bed. The vision is what keeps the fuel in your tanks whilst you get in the mission, in the battle, in the battle trenches of moving through the mission to get to the vision. Now, what is the mission right now for directors with this director's ID? The mission right now is to stand and form an alliance. And I call to you, you mighty Queenslanders, you royal priesthood, I call to you to stand up now as we have our time again. It is time to form a business alliance. We need to stand for our directors because by standing for our directors, we stand for ourselves. We need to stand for our directors because we're standing for our brothers and sisters who are again faced with the, the taking away of our freedom. I am prepared to stand again for my nation. I have already stood twice for the state of Queensland and I have been terribly harassed, bullied. I've lived on a flippin' oily rag. It has been extraordinarily difficult. But why do I keep getting up and doing it? Because of my vision. Because I have a dream. The absolute audacity of this person is astounding. And to give you some context about who we are dealing with here, Rebecca Lloyd was the dumped one nation candidate who was disendorsed because she refused to delete a video relating to an AEC probe. Mm. She didn't authorize post, which is very naughty. It speaks very clearly to her massive distaste towards regulatory compliance. We've made that very clear on this one. And she centered her campaign around the bizarre idea that the government was trying to erase the word mate from workplaces. Damn them. It's so dumb. It was a right-wing hysteria campaign that came after a workplace inclusion seminar suggested that government ministers shouldn't refer to each other as mate. Maybe they should use their proper titles. (gasps) Terrible. I think yes. I think the minister for X, Y, Z was what they were going for, but that's too woke for the, the you know, the cool, casual guys in parliament. What? Idiots. But it's good to know that she won't be living on an oily rag anymore oh, yeah. because she just made tens of thousands of dollars and possibly more if people actually take up her offer for bizarrely priced marketing services. Yeah. She did have a dream, a dream that she could pull off a class action lawsuit scam and get away with it. I have a dream and turn the proceeds into almost worthless gift vouchers. Yeah, some might say that invoking Martin Luther King Jr. is tasteless, especially in this situation. But in the cookie universe, this sort of shit really motivates them. They fucking love it. They like clap in the crowd for this sort of stuff. Yeah. It's like, you know, standing at the fucking lectern and saying, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will be able to commit Fraud at a company level <laughs> without legal consequences, collapse companies and run from today. creditors. Fuck off. So as the director ID hysteria blew up in the pseudo-law cooker space, Lloyd got an idea. Ding! We, sh- we could start a class action. That fixes everything, especially my personal financial problems. <laughs> After all the wins the movement have had in the last, you know, however long in court, I think that's still hovering around zero. She decided to get the troops together, put the hat out, and have a day in court. Bring the sandwiches. Be- Becky needs new shoes. Oh, yeah, uh, she didn't get too much some. traction. So she decided she would amplify the message and split the pot by getting Tony Nikolic on board. Ooh, there's a name we remember. Alongside classic legal genius Rod Cullen and Mike Holt of Know Your Rights. This is the dream team, isn't it? Isn't it just the enemy of crockery everywhere is in there just like going, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll sign on, but if the coffee table is going to be there, I need foam cups. <laughs> Foam cups only. I can't do it again. No sharp edges. No sharp edges. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So the fundraising total was around $100,000. Classic, classic conservative figure. And she claimed they got close to it. 
Though one of the posts that uh, Vaxacious Litigant posted claimed that it got to around 24K, and that's not close. It's not close. It's that's still, not close. It's an extraordinary amount of money for a grift, but anyway. Oh, yeah, it's a ridiculous amount of money for free. Unfortunately, due to the failure to hit the target, which she actually stopped the fundraiser early to then miserably say, oh, we didn't quite make it there, she announced, sadly, that the class action won't be going ahead. Oh, the grift is over. When we have the numbers, we will become a lobbying organisation. Right now, we will use our marketing services to grow awareness, to grow uh, the numbers, to help people, to find out uh, helpful things for your business so that you can continue to move forward But when we have the numbers, we will move to have a lobby organisation, okay? But we need numbers to do that. There is no point writing letters. There is no point signing e-petitions. We need a lot more than just a petition every single week to people who don't care because they're too busy drinking fine wine and doing dirty deals in the dark. And all the other things that go on in Canberra, which let me tell you, I heard that firsthand from someone who spent a lot of time in Canberra, cocaine and prostitutes. Right. Again, your membership with Fair Business Australia will have a number of different tiers. Uh, For those of you who have already donated, I will make this so right for you because I, I am so grateful for those of you who have dug deep we have had some gifts of up to $1,000 and the people that don't have money but have still dug deep and given $50 when they didn't have it. So for those of you who have given $50, you will get automatic membership already, okay? For those of you who have given more than that, automatic membership, I will make it worth your while. So for those of you who have already donated, there is nothing more that you need to do now. Um, I am going to give you the link now so that you can... um, Uh, get yourself a membership and join us. And, folks, if you're not um, ready to join, then with the greatest respect, I don't know why you're still here. I I, I really don't. I don't know why you're still here. But the good news is the money you put toward the class action is not lost. You get a gift voucher to spend with Rebecca Lloyd's marketing firm, Fair Business Australia. Nothing more fair than that. It's in the title. Hurry, though. Despite the federal law around gift cards having at least a three-year expiry date from purchase, as Vaxatious Litigan found, which is fantastic sleuthing work, she's decided to turn these things into dust in six months. <laughs> Six-month expiry. I'll tell you what, if you wait longer than that, I mean, what are you even doing in business, That's bro? right. You need it's a winner's just, mindset. Just opportunity lost. I tell you what, Senator Babbitt, man, he'd have that thing signed up in a minute. So just get <laughs> cracking and, you know, obviously give Rebecca more money. Yeah. The winner's mindset will cost you about $1,000. That's yes. That's Oof. nothing. It's nothing. That's a starting package. Well, then, well yeah. of yeah. course, it has some absurd inflated retail price to make you think it's a bargain. But essentially, unless you give this pointless and meritless class action $1,000, you're going to be out of pocket to use your newly minted gift voucher. Yeah. So, so you're not going to learn about marketing or nothing. No, no. You're just going to give this person money. It is outrageous. To give you a summary of what just happened, the government is implementing a mechanism to control fraud. Cookers are up in arms about it because it's a form of digital identification. 
Base level grifters use this to cause a hysterical response and sell memberships to their shitty pseudo-law websites with paywalls. And Rebecca came along and outgrifted the fuck out of them by starting this <laughs> elaborate class action with zero chance of success, astonishingly aligning with actual lawyers who should be disciplined for this by the New South Wales Law Society to take a solid chunk of money from people who must have donation fatigue by now and have no idea what they're donating to and why, except for the whole, you know, Klaus Schwab's going to make you eat bugs if you're a company director or some yeah. shit. But don't worry, guys. If you did donate, throw another eight, nine hundred bucks at her <laughs> and she'll show you how to use YouTube. I mean, that's what Marketing. basically she's she's offering. It's brand. so bad. Yeah, brand management so or whatever it's called. So bad. Oh, my it's God, it's so bad. Look, while it's not the biggest class action grift we have seen, not by miles, it's probably one of the most predatory and opportunistic ones. Ugh. If she had a shred of personal integrity, she would give refunds to those that donated. But it was never about the class action. It's just business, you know, just business. It's nothing personal, mate. Yeah, it's just business. Just business. Good business. I was reporting from the Danning Centre in Sydney. That's the courts, the Sydney uh, Sydney courts, a long time ago. It was about 20 years ago when I came across a trial of a man who held a senior position with a corporation as an accountant. He'd been charged with supply, having been found with six tablets of MDMA. That's ecstasy. Uh, six tablets in the view of the New South Wales Police Service was sufficient for a supply rather than a possession charge. And the threshold in New South Wales is, in fact, 0.75 grams where a supply charge can be applied. That is such horseshit. Yeah, it is. We'll talk about the the history of this in a minute, but six six tablets of MDMA, you could... That's a night with a few mates. Well, a lot of people could argue that that is, you know, that's just a good weekend. Mm. Absolutely. Now, supply of those six tablets, if dealt with in the district court, could have led to a maximum sentence of 10 years in jail. In a local or magistrate's court, the maximum penalty is two years. And the accountant caught with the six tablets was able, through his lawyer, to have the matter dealt with as simple possession, where the maximum penalty remained two years imprisonment. Ultimately, he was convicted and fined, no jail term, but he told the court, and I had no reason to disbelieve disbelieve him that despite him having no criminal history the conviction for the possession of the six tablets of mdma meant that he would lose his job and face an uncertain future yeah now it struck me i mean i wasn't reporting on this by the way i mean i wasn't there to report on this i just i just basically was sitting in and um and it just struck me at the time as unnecessarily harsh and at least lacked any sort of diversionary action from the court no interaction with health health services or anything like that yeah. It's just crime and punishment, you know? Yeah. Uh, pretty much the same sentences exist today. A possession of a small amount of cannabis can now result in, in a police caution, but that's really the own, only change. Yeah, yeah. The drug laws are still pretty strong. I mean, like actual drugs, the ones they consider to be the harmful ones. But, like, let's face it, they're not all harmful. A 19-year-old kid found in possession of 19 grams of psilocybin mushrooms, you know, magic mushies, is technically looking at life imprisonment under the Drug Misuse and Trafficking Act in in New South Wales, 1985. I've got a personal anecdote here. A friend of a friend was caught growing mushrooms by police. He had a bag of them and was arrested. It was 630 grams, but they were fresh. If you know anything about mushrooms, that's a few ounces when they're dried, and that's sort of what you do with them. He was also up for life in prison. His father was a Brazilian diplomat, got him a good barrister, but he was on remand. He was on remand for nine fucking months in a maximum security prison for a bag of magic mushrooms. 
So when he was finally set to trial, he was released with a 15-month suspended sentence. He was astonished that he got off. But he already done nine months inside. For what? Some fucking magic mushrooms. That is insane. And then, not long after, his father keeled over and died. And Lauro died within months of his father's passing. I mean, it's hard to say whether this was actually related to his time in prison or remand, but it's a very fucked up story with a very tragic ending for what? Mushrooms. Yeah, look, it's nuts. And it applies across the country, these these uh, draconian laws. In Queensland, for example, possession of a relatively small amount of cannabis, an ounce of weed, could result yeah. in 15 years in prison. Uh, the relevant law in New South Wales is almost 40 years old. In Queensland, likewise, they haven't been touched since. In that's fact, the Queensland laws were ratcheted up about 40 years ago. <sighs> and that's in and that's in the post Bjorki peterson era. I was going to say, was that Joe? No. No, no. They, they actually, the, the, the Labor government came in, the Goss government came in and ratcheted up Joe. That's disappointing. Uh, penalties. So I talked to a lot of cops in my job, and most of those who've been in the system for a long time or have since retired will tell me that the so-called war on drugs, a criminal justice a criminal justice response has been a huge waste of time, effort and police resources, choking up the courts. If they had their way, this is police, by the way, if they had their way, it would all change. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, drug law reform, it is a no-go area for almost all governments in Australia. I mean, ACT might be the one to stand out. They've weakened some laws when it comes to growing weed and stuff like that. Mm. But others consider it too risky, and they're not quite wrong because the fear of blazing headlines in tabloids and on TV news bulletins of this whole going soft on crime bullshit is too much even for progressive governments to contemplate. You know, you don't want to be in Ray Hadley's fucking crosshairs. But the prospect of media hysteria is not sustained by the facts in countries that have actually undertaken meaningful drug reform. As we record this on the 1st of February, yesterday in British Columbia, drug law reform just commenced with a three-year trial program where cumulative possession of 2.5 grams or what the Brits call Class A's. Yeah. We have a much more complicated <laughs> classification system in this country. Um, heroin and other opioids like fentanyl, MDMA, cocaine, crystal meth, will now not lead to arrest or charges in court. 2.5 grams, cumulative. Yeah. Yeah. Police may issue cards and suggest anyone found with a relatively small amount of drugs contact relevant health services. Now, British Columbia is a province of Canada, and in order to make the province's reforms um, work legally, they needed the support of the federal government, the Trudeau government in Ottawa, to waive federal drug laws in uh, the province. Yeah, it's similar to what happened in the states. You know, like they had all these states legalising marijuana, having dispensaries. Yeah. It started in Colorado in 2012, and, yeah. and, and they were the first by referendum to decide that they were going to legalise weed. And the problem was that the feds had the Prohibited Substances Act still in place, and it still yeah. is in place. Right? Yeah. You've got legalisation over, I think, about 10 states now. So many. But these the, the Prohibited Substances Act doesn't just say it's it's bad, wrong, illegal to possess the drugs. It follows it all the way through the system. So in the early days of Colorado's legalisation, you had retailers selling weed who couldn't actually bank their receipts exactly. from the day because yep. that would necessarily involve the banks where they banked yep. in money laundering offences and possible 20-year jail terms. Yep. It created a really dangerous situation where you Fuck had these retailers basically having to pay um, guys to guard their like money in safe houses with heavily armed security. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. often often Iraqi and Afghan war veterans. Um, yeah. It was actually good employment opportunities for them, but it was an <laughs> incredibly dangerous Silver situation. Linings. I mean, it, it had this been more widely known, then you can imagine the you know the rate of aggravated burglaries. All you know, everyone, everyone, all tooled up with with firearms. Yeah, it what just could possibly could go wrong? Incredibly dangerous. As it stands, through the Obama period, so twenty twelve uh, legalization in Colorado. As it stands through that period, um, through the Obama presidency and then the Trump presidency, uh, and now again the Biden presidency, the FBI is showing no interest whatsoever. But the laws still exist on the books. So yeah. Canada, well, British Columbia, did it the right way. They actually said we need to we need to you to suspend laws in our province. Yeah. In regard to possession. And that's And they passed happened. that? And Trudeau passed that? Yeah, and, and it led to this kind of nonsense sort of reporting that Justin Trudeau was soft on drugs. Ah, uh, yeah, get fucked. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, I mean, half the cookers you'll find are Nancy Reagan conservative types, but the other half are your Topher Field libertarian types. And I tell you what, I'd like to see that fucking asshole sit on his punsy little webcast and give Justin Trudeau credit for this. Because if you're going to be a libertarian, you're going to be a drug law guy. And even if the guy you don't like, when John Howard took away guns from lunatics after Port Arthur, lefties begrudgingly gave him credit for it. I'm sorry, but if you're a cooker and you can't give Justin Trudeau credit for this, either you're against drug law reform, fine, or you have no fucking beliefs and you're just a contrarian piece of shit and you can fuck off. Well, I think in the end his role, the role of federal government was minimal. And, and that was just to basically um, uh, uh, prohibit jurisdiction of their uh, relevant dr- drug possession laws yes. in British Columbia. It was but British Columbia did. who did all the work. They've got massive problems, by the way. Massive yes, they homelessness do, yes. problems. They've got massive yes. drug problems. Vancouver is pretty intense. So, you know, I was going to say Stephen Harper wouldn't have done it. Yeah, look, I mean, you'd find libertarians who would respond to this by saying, "Oh no, you know, but you, you're not. This is not a libertarian move. This is bureaucratizing drug supply." Well, that's That's the only way you can do it. it. It's the only way you can do it, but yeah. So to prepare for the January 31st, British Columbia has worked with police leaders to develop training resources and practical guidance, which are now available to more than 9,000 frontline police officers. In addition to that, the province is building new pathways into the healthcare system by hiring health authority-specific positions dedicated to building connections with local service providers and people who are referred to these service providers by police. These positions will also help connect people with resources and information on voluntary mental health and addiction support in their own community. I mean, this is all the kind of shit that you want to see happen and never fucking does. It's really good to see it. Drug possession in any amount will continue to be a criminal offence on K-12 school grounds and at licensed childcare facilities. So if you're going to go to school, leave your bag at home because it's Mm -hmm. not welcome there. You're going to have problems. Further, decriminalization does not apply to youth 17 and younger, which is an interesting move, but look, you know, you can't get booze until you're 18. Youth found in possession of any amount of illegal drugs are subject to the Youth Criminal Justice Act, which, of course, does offer them alternatives to criminal charges in some cases. So it's not all black and white. Yeah, and as we said, the sort of media uh, outrage that was expressed around the world is, is why governments are shy on drug law reform, because they become easy targets for shitty reporting. And the trial in British Columbia began just yesterday, as we said before, and will carry on for three years, and that's su- sufficient time for policymakers to analyse data and decide if the reforms stay in place, get tweaked or are disposed of altogether. Yeah. Um, 
and that's British Columbia. That just started yesterday. Yeah. But in Portugal, legalised possession of Class A's and, and, and in much higher amounts, all, it dates all the way back to 2000, which gives us more than two decades of hard data. Yeah. And you know what? The sky's not falling in on Lisbon. Cats no. and dogs are not marrying each other and no. mothers are not discarding their children from their breasts to have shots of heroin. That's a shame. Yeah. Well, it's an image. Mm. Uh, Portugal's <laughs> uh, drug law reform were driven by the huge rate of HIV in the country. Oh, and that's, okay. what, that's what kicked it all off. Interesting. Europe's... It was Europe's highest at one point. Now it is one of Europe's lowest in terms of, of rates of HIV. Yep. Incarceration rates for drug offences, once Europe's highest again, are now below the European average. Yeah, Convictions remain in place for trafficking and large-scale supply offences and are dealt with harshly. So there is that that's still that, um, still that criminal stick. justice response. Yeah. And, and Portugal is bursting with data, and I urge our listeners to take a, a look at it. The age of young people using so-called gateway drugs like cannabis, it, it, it has grown up. So basically you had this average of about 12 years of age yeah, before okay. 2000, and now it's 14. Interesting. Okay. That's, yeah. that's a positive it's move. Really, it's a really, it is a really interesting thing, yeah. As a kid who smoked bongs, I don't think kids should smoke bongs. You know, not controversial, I really. don't think they should either. Yeah, no, I agree. it's real fucking bad for you. I'm, look, I'm an idiot. What can you do? So <laughs> a 2015 study found the social cost of drug use in Portugal fell 12% between 2000 and 2004, you know, from decriminalization until soon after, and 18% by 2010. So that rate just kept on going up. And while the former figure was largely driven by the reduction in drug-related deaths, the latter was linked to a significant reduction in costs associated with criminal proceedings for drug offences and lost income of individuals in prison for these fucking banal, pointless offences. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, we, this is kind of seeable, a seeable sort of stuff, you know, that, that could happen here. But look, people have not died with needles. That's the most important thing. People have not died with needles sticking in their arms from opioid use in, in Portugal at the tragic rate they were dying at before the turn of the millennium. Yeah. And surely that's a good outcome on yes, its own. it is. But here's the thing about drug law reform. You can't just decriminalise and sit back and wait for everything to turn rosy. Yeah. Drug law reform has to be supported by health and addiction support services. Yeah. And not just for a year or two or even three, but for decades, you have to actually invest in this for really forever. Yeah, but you'll get a good return on investment. And if you look at the British Columbia thing, it looks like they're absolutely going that way. Which I Yeah, it's, it's one of the criticisms that they probably haven't gone hard enough. That, that okay. and, and we'll get to that in a little bit. It's just that their funding isn't where it probably should be. Okay, interesting. Well, in Portugal, these sort of excellent outcomes were achieved in the first decade of the 21st century because the country ploughed this further funding into treatment. This is what they did, and it's worked. Between 2000 and 2009, outpatient treatments units increased from 50 to 79, and that's quite a lot. However, the number of individuals in treatment for drugs steadily decreased between 2009 and the present, which is linked to significant reductions in health and welfare budgets, savings and money. Following the impact of the global financial crisis, it wasn't bad to find, you know, a few savings behind the couch in, in drug bullshit. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a positive for the is, bottom this line. This is what I mean, yeah. So following the absorption of the country's independent institute for drugs and drug addiction into the National Health Service, which itself saw budget cuts of 10% in 2012, I guess they stopped being so necessary, health spending continued to fall in 2020 to under 8% of GDP from roughly 9.9% in 2009. And like 0.1% of GDP is a shitload of money. Shit yeah, that's load. right. The gaps are starting to show up in Portugal now, not because the laws are wrong, but their support services are unfunded. Oh. And the circumstances in British 
Colombia are similarly fraught with only marginal increases in funding for treatment services. They talk a good game, mate, like a lot of progressive government. Yeah, they did talk sound a good. good game, but are they putting enough money in it? We'll find out in three years' time. Yeah, but that's the point right. is, you can't do one without the other. You can't strike possession of hard drugs from the law books and sit back and wait for the good times to roll. Yeah. And the only way out of the criminal justice system response, which is the very definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome, is to decriminalise and commit to funding outpatient treatment for decades, as I say, really forever. What you will find, hopefully over decades, if you continue to fund these support services, is that you will have less people contacting uh, contacting these services, that you'll start to resolve some of the issues. Yeah, yeah. But what's the likelihood of any of that happening in Australia? Jail drug law reform. We have a very conservative sort of like, you know, not to cast aspersions on your people, but this sort of late boomer, Gen Xer type where they just see drugs as being inherently satanic and evil. Hell in a handbasket, Joe. Hell in a handbasket. And it's not their fault. I mean, they lived through like these Ronald Reagan eras of these like, you know, basically just like constant barrage of drugs are bad. And a lot of them never had the chance to enjoy them. I mean, you didn't come back from fucking World War II and have a pinger and go go see a mate. That's just not really how drugs worked back then. So, like, I can understand this generational gap between drug understanding, drug experience, and, uh, you know, and the way that this works out in the ballot box. But, look, people like Ray Hadley are dying every fucking day. So... I can't think of someone, maybe Ben Fordham's probably a little bit, you know, sus on the pingers, but for the most part, the youth are pretty pro-drug. I would say this is a matter of time, but it's going to be a long time. It's, it's not. It's not two time. years, it's 20. But the answer is it can be done, you know, and people so. with bright futures don't need to have those futures crushed by the criminal justice system. No. And people don't have to die overdosing on opioids, you know, it's entirely preventable. Yeah. And our cops can get on and use their resources and energy where they are needed. Exactly. Everyone wins. Exactly. And the savings made in public expenditure at the coalface through policing, the, the reduced cost of policing, and the courts being less choked can Taxi easily come from pay work. for this. Absolutely. You know, that, that that's you get the money, the savings there, and you put you plough them into into support services, and you exactly. keep it rolling. Exactly. But we have to commit to harm minimisation, and not just for the current electoral cycle. It needs to be done, kind of for sort decades. of ever, yeah. yeah if not yeah. forever, yeah, indefinitely. I think is the word we're looking for. The cows have fucking masks on. Everybody is up for the high jump. If they deserve it, if they deserve to hang, they will hang. Rise up, Australia. Men of Australia, time to step up and be real men. Protect your kids or go down. Biggest cowards this country has ever seen. Hang that animals. So thanks for coming on Cooker Watch. You have been a long-time Cooker Watcher in this space, but you recently caused a fairly funny chain of events that culminated in concreter and boat enthusiast Dave Guru Graham having a little bit of a hissy fit because Ben Fordham wouldn't give him an interview spot. Aww. But how did all of this start? Okay, how funny has it been? Uh, it oh. started because uh, Ben Fordham contacted me on Twitter and said that he wanted to have a chat. And mm. I thought, okay, great. So I yeah. called him up. Yep. And um, he told me that he'd been watching this space for quite a while. Now, not being a 2GB listener, I had no idea (laughs) that um, Ben Fordham had been interested in following the cookers for some time. Didn't know he was following me, didn't know he was following Sauce, didn't know he was following, you know, you guys. I didn't know. But he is. He's following everybody. Oof. Yeah, I know. Interesting. Lurking in the background. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh, So we had a chat and then he said, um, you know, could you come on tomorrow? I want to have a talk about this. 
can't even remember now specifically what it was going to be about. Just a general kind of chat. Just chat about I cookies think. and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, just stuff yeah. about like, you know, how did I get into it? Why was interested and all that sort of stuff. So I went in and I had a chat with him and um, that was good. That was great. Uh, I came back out. He gave me the link, um, put it out on Twitter. Didn't really, I mean, I expected a little bit of a response, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And then it got put on Telegram. Oh. And yes, yes. And it was on Telegram. And then Kaz Harris got a hold of it. Great. And then the whole am I or am I not blocked by Kaz Harris thing happened, which is. <laughs> I'm blocked. Yeah, you're blocked. Everyone's blocked, man. What I found is that anyone who's ever responded to me or probably, you know, any of us in this space, they were blocked, like instantly yeah. blocked. Okay, Kaz Harris's yeah. block list must be thousands. <laughs> really, like the effort involved to going through blocking all those people. And free speech. It, well, yeah, you know, yeah. Free willing to hear everything, guys. Yeah, all, yeah. yeah. Open, opinions. honest conversation. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we just want the truth, mate. Yeah, just the truth. Yeah, just, just the so truth. full of shit. Yeah, absolutely, oh. absolutely. So, anyways, it goes on Telegram. It goes all over Twitter, and of course, the more they respond, the more we respond. Mm-hmm. It blows up, and my understanding is then this gets Guru's attention. Yep, and Guru's pissed about yep. this, so he's. You know, he's walking around his boat all day. (laughs) (laughs) Stomping around. (laughs) Stomping around his boat, mulling up his weed. Furrowing his scrotum chin. Yeah, following his scrot. Uh, What am I going to do about this? Anyways, so then he decides uh, he's going to ring in. He he knows nothing about radio. And and honestly, like, that's okay. Like, you know, not everyone knows about radio, but he's run yeah. into a completely different show, yeah. right? Completely different show, different staff, different producer, whole different, yeah. like everything, right? Yeah. He rings in. They're talking about beer. He jumps on, talks about the beer economy, makes up some shit. He doesn't even fucking drink. No, he doesn't even drink, right? Just This is Trump. what I think happened. The receptionist or the, you know, the production manager, whatever, has come back and said, oh, you know, the usual shit. Oh, you're great, man. You're great. You're great. And he says, all right, I, I does a favor for you. Now, <laughs> I does. I do- <laughs> now, I needs a favor from you. So. how <laughs> <laughs> he speaks. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. So then he says, I think it goes like this. He says, I want to speak to Ben Fordham. I want to be yeah. in Ben Fordham's show. Yeah. And she says, no worries. I'll let them know. As in, I will let their show know that yeah. you want to do that. Why don't you shoot Ben an email over the weekend and then maybe phone in on Monday morning? Yeah. And this is all, this is his reporting as well. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's saying this from his side of things, yes, which is probably right. delusional because the guy's – at least a compulsive liar. So I don't you know. know, man. I think it's happened like this. I think she's said to him, "Why don't you email Ben?" Which is exactly happens. how you would fob off someone, right? Exactly. Right, and then said, "Why don't you call him on Monday morning?" As in, call in as a call in caller. As a caller. Yeah. yeah, just That's like any yeah talkback radio type stuff, Try right? They have not promised him a slot. They did not respond to his email, didn't. right? It completely no. delusional. He is such such an idiot. He yeah. could he didn't understand that whole process. He, he just did not. He's gotten on. Was it Friday night? Oh, I'm going big time, man. I'm going to fucking my, red pill people. Yeah, fucking red pill people. Yeah, red yeah, pill yeah. time. Yeah, this is it. This is it, guys. This is this yeah. our big break. Mainstream media. Blah. We're winning again. We're winning. Yeah. And so all weekend it was hyped and, of course, everyone knew. Most people understood what had happened. I I understood what had happened. I did actually speak to Ben Fordham and he was just like, not happening. Yeah. It was never going to be happening. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, So I knew that the Monday morning 
was going to be epic. I it was either going to be epic or it was going to be a complete flop with yeah. him ringing in. Yeah, it was either going to be he was just going to accept this and walk away and therefore I got up at 5 o'clock for nothing yeah. or it was going to be a typical guru moment and it turned out to be a typical guru response. Oh, totally. Had a massive tantrum. Oh, it Huge. Was so funny. So funny. Three and a half hours of tantrum followed yeah. by epic burns from Ben Fordham and epic trolling from his production manager. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty brutal. I figured that when I was listening to the clip, and the clip is available on your Twitter feed, which we'll sort of plug in a bit. Obviously, yeah. it's at Cooker Watch. I mean, come on, guys. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, basically there's this sort of six minute segment where he basically says guru has been lying about coming on the the show Mm -hmm. all weekend Mm -hmm. and it's kind of embarrassing and he's been bragging about this all weekend and it's just not going to happen, which as you say is, is quite an epic troll because here's this guy who's streaming online, big noting himself. Yeah. And then, it all turns to shit because the guy on the radio says, oh, no, no, no. I'm fully aware of the situation. <laughs> yeah. I just have no interest in this being reality for you. Yeah. Go fuck yourself and seek help. And, oh, I mean, that's the kind of thing that would drive someone like that nuts. And I guess in the end what he did was try and incite his listeners or well, his followers Against 2GB as a as a yeah, as an organization, so it was it was clear from the beginning of the top of the three hours that he was not going to get on. That was clear. Yeah, Ben Fordham didn't actually respond till probably three hours later. What was happening is that constantly Ben's staff were saying no, no, okay, yeah, just just fobbing him off, fobbing him off, and occasionally. I think right in the beginning, um, a male voice told him, it's not happening, mate. Yeah, it's just just not happening. Just not happening. From that point on, he incites his listeners, his 20,000 strong army, of which there was maybe four people, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Who were calling into 2GB and trying to be a pain in the ass. I actually called in at one point to give support to the poor woman. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. (laughs) And she was great. She was like, what do I do with them? Yeah. And I said, just... Keep doing what you're doing. They are hating it. Keep calling him Darren. (laughs) She was calling him Wave at one point. Yeah, because she would say, what's your name again? And Mel would say, it's Dave. And she'd say, Wave. That's great. Wave. And then she'd say, Dave. And then the lady would say, oh, Darren. And it was just, it was driving them insane. And then in the end, she started calling uh, Mel Karen as well. So it was Karen and Darren. Oh, that is brutal. It was just brilliant, brutal trolling. And then, of course, the cherry on the cake was then right at the end when Ben Fordham said, it's not happening, mate. And you know why it's not happening? Because this is who you are. You are a domestic terrorist. And he plays... Plays the clip of, you know, Guru wanting to bomb um, Parliament House, make a 9-11 memorial out of it. Yeah, 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 the whole thing. And basically says, you know, know, I don't know if you can swear on this show, Joel, but um, fuck off, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And the look on Guru's face when all this was going, because we were seeing this live because Guru was streaming it live, streaming crimes live, right? Yeah, exactly. And we were watching this and it was just riveting. He's not the kind of person that should really stream live in situations like this because I don't think he has the emotional intelligence or the temperament to be exposed to the public when he's being attacked like this. But the thing is, there wasn't much of a public, but there were probably more people on your Twitch stream than there were on his. Well, I think initially there were, uh, I mean, you know, I think he maybe got to 200 or something. Like yeah, that look, at it's one not point. too yeah, bad. It's not, not too bad. Not too bad. You know, it's, a bit short of the twenty thousand, but it's a lot of annoying people if they start deciding to get on that sort of paper terrorism route and just is, hassle two GB with calls. Well, I wonder how many people were actually just trolls from my stream as well. Like the yes. two hundred includes everybody that's been watching on Twitter uh, from Twitch. I don't know how yeah. many of his people were watching. Maybe 40, 50? I don't know. 
Yeah, it's Certainly hard to not. know how many people are like that, isn't it? I just don't think he's got the reach he thinks he does. Yeah, well, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. In a situation like this, he sort of has that, you know, I'm going to command my army to do my bidding <laughs> thing. And that was something that he really did push very hard. The idea that they were going to go at 2GB, they said that the 2GB was a pedo ring. Yeah. I mean, who isn't a pedophile in this no, poor there's... man's mind? Mm. 2GB? What? Yeah, no, there's a big history. The 2GB, Ray Hadley, um, now Ben Fordham is, you know, now caught up in that in that web as well. What, in like the, the endless list of 28 names? Yeah, there's now 28 million pedos. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Just yeah. making up as we go along because it's I got truth. called a pedo protector on Twitch on Twitter the other day. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Charming stuff. Yeah. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's their but go-to. That's Exactly. That's, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, look, being called a pedophile by them is basically like someone saying hello. It's a handshake. <laughs> it's really yes. not much of a thing. So it's no, pretty fucking embarrassing. It's kind of lost its, imp- its you know, its importance and its, it, its potency. Yeah. It really has. And, like, there is an issue that is sort of unfolding as we speak because we've seen this 2GB saga go on where Guru decided that he had this entitlement to this show spot on the Monday morning by the producer potentially only by his side saying there was and then him sending an email which he thought was a really big deal but it's just a fucking email mm-hmm. that not working out then when that sort of you know burned out it seems like he's got a bit of a taste to the idea of mainstream media yeah and he went to the Austero network or hit network whatever the fuck they call mm-hmm. themselves these mm-hmm. days b105 fm in brisbane to try and try his luck there yeah recorded a segment which you posted on twitter of an interview that was being recorded for radio. How fucking dumb are these people? Yeah, I don't I don't know. They're desperate for content. They contacted me a couple of days ago actually and said, Well, okay. I'd be interested in talking to them. And I said, Well, you know, maybe. Um, but at that stage, you know, I I was busy kind of doing other stuff. I didn't follow it up. And then when I heard this, I followed it up today and said, you know, are, are we doing this or what's happening? Because I had heard that Daguru was doing this. I don't know whether they approached him, he approached them. I'm imagining they approached him because they seem to be reaching out to everywhere. Interesting. Uh, mm. yeah. Listening to what he has uh, was a 10-minute, you know, 10-minute yeah. thing that I think they'll probably can, hopefully if they do run it, it'll be condensed into a 30-second look at, you know, Uncle Arthur type Hopefully they don't situation. mention his Facebook page, which he mentioned a number of times. <clears throat> a like- number of times. Am I fucked in the head or was it quite moderate? Because the clips, clips on your Twitter uh, account, if people want to listen to it, but it was about 12 minutes of him sort of explaining distrust with the government in general sort of stuff. Okay, there was a few reptilian themes and a few little things in there, but he didn't say he was going to hang any doctors, you know, no. didn't call for the murder of politicians. I felt like it was really like he was trying to moderate it down to get on the radio. Oh, definitely. But the, the amusing thing about that is that he thinks pedophile protecting satanic politicians is moderate. Ah, see, that's the problem. I do too now. <laughs> I'm fucked. I'm broken. Send me back. <laughs> so it's just, it's bizarre, isn't it, that they think that that's the normie level of, of acceptance now is that we all believe that they're, we're being run by a cabal of, you know, Satan-loving, pedophile, baby-eating. He did say that. Yeah, and I totally did. didn't flinch for yeah, a fucking no. second. That's right. That's right. It's We're so numb to it now. So uh, poisoned. The only level of, you know, maybe, maybe not say that is let's not hang everyone. 
Yeah, let's they not don't hate say everyone. they don't say that just yet. Let's just leave that. Leave not that. the frontline workers that everyone yeah, yeah, seemed yeah. to quite like for a bit, but we'll hang them later yeah. once we red pill them. Well, once we hang the politicians, yes, we'll hang the politicians well, first. We'll they're get less Bosey. popular. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Bosey yeah. will come in and just fix that right up. Yeah, I imagine yeah. he's quite good at tying knots, you know, with his army career. So oh, you know, I yes. guess. I guess that's good, but you might need to employ someone considering how many people you plan to hang, you fucking sociopaths. Well, Guru can tie knots, right? Oh, yeah, he can. He's, he's, a, on, he's a, boat. on a boat. He he's loves a boat. boat. Yeah. yeah. Boats, yeah. knots. Yeah. Lots yeah. of forms of knots. You know, yeah. it's great. I mean, between you've got Bosey and you've got Craig Cole and you've got Guru, I mean, that is the future of Australia, people. Isn't it just? Australia fucking won. Oath, mate. Australia. Australia's best future. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> fucking We're in good hands. Oh, yeah, perfect hands. Well, I'm hoping that the B105 interview doesn't make it to light because platforming this fucking psycho gets us nowhere. Yes, we mock them, but let's face it, we speak to a fairly small crew of fairly involved people and we always make sure to moderate the content mm. to make sure that the people who are hearing it and who, who are di- sort of digesting it get it within the right context. Yes. Having this fucking clown able to just go on mainstream media on the radio, promote his Facebook page as if he's just some sort of guy who's had enough, who's sticking up for the little guy. No, you think McDonald's has baby meat in it. You're fucked. You should not be listened to by anyone. And I yeah. think that is the caveat you have to give when you're delivering this sort of thing. Otherwise, it's, it is unsafe because we people can't be fucking trusted because they're too fucking stupid. I'm sorry, but they No, are. no, you're absolutely right. And, you know, if, if B105 do actually give him a segment, um, I'd be really disappointed because he has just been exposed in national radio for wanting to blow up parliament. He's just gone on and put a lie that he, he is after Ben Fordham now and Ben Fordham's family. He's, yep. He's just... Like, why would another radio station platform a psychopath who wants to actually publicly go after a person's family? Yeah. I mean, like, he thinks that William Biller was a fucking false flag. Yeah, that's this right. Is, this is a Brisbane radio station yeah, who's uh-huh. going to platform someone who genuinely believes mm-hmm. that that was staged. Yeah. The shooting of police and an innocent civilian. Yeah. Serious? It's really disappointing. I mean, they, <sighs> they you know, I, I get it. They're probably a, you know, a, what? 20s, 30s, kind of let's have just all have a bit of laugh about everything kind yeah, of radio you got station. nihilistic Zoomers running the place mm. by the sounds things. Yeah, yeah. you do. But yeah. it's still pretty irresponsible. They are a big brand. Uh, yeah. But anyway. No, it's, yeah, well, hopefully some heads will roll over that, but we'll see what happens because mm. I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready these days because I, unfortunately, like the rest of the world, don't listen to it. So, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I listened to the radio the first time on Friday. Oh, sorry, yesterday. God, it seems like a month ago. Um <laughs> It was yesterday. I listened to TV. Yes, it was yesterday for the first time. And I'm like, God, what's with the fucking ads, man? Uh, yeah, like the ads really... are never ending. Oh, they just don't stop. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I used to listen this. to 2GB uh, when I used to want to know what the other side was up to because I'm like a bit of a lefty and mm-hmm. I was always listening to lefty-ass bloody ABC with all these lovely intellectuals on it. And I thought, you know, every now and then I really need to tune in to see what the common racist is thinking. And now <laughs> that doesn't even touch the sides anymore because no. like this whole entire new right wing has spawned and it's like, oh, that's nothing compared to what I'm hearing from no. these guys. I mean, fucking hell. So, yeah, the, the Overton window has really shifted. And now, like, you know, because I don't even flinch when I hear that everyone's a pedophile and we're run by reptiles, mm. the idea of just, like, basic milk toast, bloody right-wing whinging, it just doesn't do anything for me. Same. I need the strongest stuff. 
Yeah, same. To me, it's like it's almost moderate now. So it's like, oh, you're a centrist. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That window, that yeah, window shifting. It has, it has, yes. Yeah. Well, and we need I, to and keep I think our minds. Good. Yeah, and this is, I think, why Guru was also so upset by this and whole thing. And surprised. Yeah, surprised. He thought that Ben Fordham was one of them. I think well, I mean, yeah. these guys think that a lot of these um, – more right-wing radio stations secretly agree with everything. They, they think everyone secretly yeah. agrees with them because that's mm. that narcissism coming out, that malignant, yeah, right. dopey narcissism mm. where they're winning, guys, they're winning, you know. That's right. They think they're winning because, you know, someone like Ben Fordham can only say so much. Exactly. You know, he knows, mate. He knows. He, he knows, knows, guys. He knows. Yeah. But, but he can again, only say so much. But if he doesn't, then he's a pedophile. Yes. I mean, there's no rule in between. He's either your best friend or he fucks kids. Yeah. So sort of Saturday, Sunday morning, he's our Ben. He's, you know, he's going to help us, you know, crack open the mainstream media, guys. Exactly. And today he's a pedophile protecting Rothschild descendant, rapist, serpent, whatever. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Man needs a fucking sun lamp to stay alive. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's fucking ridiculous. Well, yep. look, that was the general saga of what happened with Guru, where it's going. By the time this episode comes out, the B105 saga will have either blown the fuck up or gone the fuck away. Mm-hmm. But essentially, we just saw a man who really wants attention, feel like he was about to get it, realize <laughs> that he felt entitled to it, yeah. and then realize that he didn't get his way and have a tantrum. It was... Kind of funny. That is exactly what happened in a nutshell. It was very funny. Uh, it was possibly the best three hours I've ever streamed in my life. I, <laughs> to, to have it culminate with, um, you know, a right-wing radio personality come out and slam the very people that they thought supported them. Yeah. Uh, so humiliatingly, so forcefully. Look, it was bliss. Yep. F- f- it was it was just so cathartic to, to see that happen. Um, nice. Yeah, it was just great moment. Well, it's likely going to be something that's going to unfold over time, and if mm. there are developments, we will keep you all abreast. Now, where can people find you? We've said your Twitter handle a thousand times, but you're on Twitch as well. I am on Twitch. It's the same name. Uh, if you want to just retweet, it's just Cooker Watch at Cooker Watch. Yep. And if you want to come and watch some live streams, we live stream these fools. Uh, there's maybe three or four different accounts, uh, different people in our community, and we are pretty much 24-7 streaming these fools and wow. commenting and having an absolute blast doing it. Uh, so if you go to Twitch TV and look for Cooker Watch, I'm going to plug a couple of others. You've also got Warboat, you've got Disco Dead Pigeon, and you've got Cooker 28. Very there nice. Yeah, so those are the sort of three or four accounts that tune in. You can watch cookers with cooker watches, not me personally, but like just generically, <laughs> generically people who watch cookers yeah. and anytime you want and it's a blast. I have to pop in and say hello. Yeah, do. All right, cheers. Well, thanks for coming on, mate, and uh, let's see where all this drama goes up. Oh, can't wait. Cheers. I think one of the first things it says within the Constitution is all laws within all, within... And with the wise words of brain genius Phanos Paniotis ringing in our ears, it mm-hmm. means it's time for which black pill fuckwit said that? The quiz show that Eric Trump once described as, I take pink pills mashed into a spoonful of honey so I don't vomit them out of my <laughs> nostrils covered in snot, which tastes yummy, 
not at all like earwax, which is yuck. It's yucky, yucky poo, yucky, no good. Don't have that. Smot's not much better. He is an idiot. <laughs> Agile, if you're successful in which black pill fuckwit said that, you'll be gifted a one-year membership to Dave One Egg's latest grift. Oh, great. Where you can buy all the activation products you can eat. Great. According to Dave, he says, we'll offer exclusive deals, all in caps, and discounts from vetted and approved companies. Oh, you bet they are, that make quality products. Dave and his team have, in caps, carefully selected the best companies. Carefully selected, Joel, to give you the most expensive piss in Australia. Is it expensive if I win it, though? Well, you're buying in bulk. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And yeah. just in case you're in any doubt about this, Hayley Bertelzeeds is also involved in this amazing deal. She's a co-director of this shit show. Nothing sus there. Uh, and she needs new shoes, Joel. So it's got to be on the up and up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, she is a woman of integrity and I mm. expect nothing less than perfect honesty and complete <laughs> straightforward business no Bargains. Worries. Bargains to make your piss very, very expensive. I'm sure she loves Director ID because she's against fraud and phoenixing across the board. Yeah. Thought did cross my mind that she might not be terribly pleased about it. Mm. Anyway. No aspersions. No aspersions. Let's, uh, let's go allegedly, on. With allegedly. The, it, this is a very, very short quote, Joel, and I'll give it to you right now. I take the fifth. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Was yep. it? 13th in line to the throne, gentleman pedophile Prince Andrew. Ooh. Was it, I'll be your lawyer and get you a discount on those impotence treatments I advertised on Late Night Telly, <laughs> Rudy Giuliani. So sad. Did a great job. Did a great oh, yeah. job. Oh, yeah. uh, was it, man boobs up the wazoo and part-time golfer Donald J. Trump? Or was it, five comes after four, idiot savant and good-looking boy, despite that nasty rash that's beating on his cheeks, Eric Trump? Okay, there's two reasons why I'm choosing what I'm choosing. First is you... Entered with a quote from Eric, which makes me think it's Eric. Secondly, instead of saying I plead the fifth, which is what I've seen on TV since, I don't know, I was able to speak, he says <laughs> I take the fifth, which I don't know about that. Now, it's either going to be, yeah, it's going to be Eric Trump. No! Oh. Joel, it was Donald J. It was Donald. Uh, in a video that's just been released, actually, he made a legal statement, which is, uh, what do they call it? He was deputed. deputed um, uh, that's not right, yeah. Um, um, deposed. But, uh, yeah, yes. Uh, and, uh, and, and he gave evidence to a grand jury in New York. Mm, uh, in New York? Where he took the fifth in New York. And it's all about the um, – it was always considered to be a sort of nickel and dime sort of potential prosecution. And this is in regard to his uh, payment to the uh, former Playboy model, I believe. Or what, Paul- Stormy Daniels? Yes, Stormy Daniels. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and the use of political donations to fund that payment. Oh, God, of course he did. And, of course, we all know about that from uh, his, his, his former lawyer, Mr Fixit, and, um, who uh, he pleaded guilty to it all. So, yes, he, was, uh, he actually took the fifth in August and Great. the video was released just today. Very good. I love using public funds for um, silencing hookers because, um, yeah. Uh, yeah well, how else that? are you going to do it? You know, yeah. I mean, as like, if you're you know, going to go to your own pocket for that sort of stuff. No, that's ridiculous. Why would you ever do that? Like, just what a cunt. Anyway, all next right. Next well, it's not looking good for your bum rash, Joel. No, no, it'll linger like 
the <laughs> underfunded really services. Yeah, okay. Quote two. Smart people, not like you, who go along with the government narrative and take a bioweapon. Nah, we were a bit smarter than that. Us people, weren't we? Mm-hmm. Was that frightened of roundabouts, Dave Guru Graham? <laughs> Was that frightened of clouds, Dave O'Neglio, Dave Terrified. 1X? Was it even more frightened of clouds, Pete Evans? Yeah. Or was it frightened of Maya cards, Monica Smith? Oh, yeah, she's doing the whole, like, no loyalty cards thing. She's not completely wrong in that one. Um, I would go with, it sounds like Guru. Yes, yo! Oh, <laughs> you bumble. Finally. Thank you for getting that right. Very, very well done. Yes, it was, in fact. That was part of the harangue. The guru gave uh, to 2GB, some poor receptionist to uh, 2GB, yeah. threatening threatening um, uh, Ben Fordham and God, he's uh, such the, an uh, the radio station in general. I'm, I'm, I'd be surprised and and certainly I'd be, uh, be having a chat to the police about that particular conversation. Yeah. He also recorded the conversation, which is illegal under New yes. South Wales law. Yes. Um, and uh, he also incited people to harass the station by a telephone. And Ben Fordham personally. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and of course, did the classic, this isn't defamation if it's true, but I think you're all pedophiles. Is it true, though? Is it Dave <laughs> I can only, I can only snip out a little bit of the very end of it, otherwise it would have been so obvious that it was that it was Guru going, okay, okay. Yeah. Like, oh, you yeah. Know, yeah we, we're after you, Ben Fordham, okay, okay. He just sounds like such a cunt at the best of times. Fucking total bargain. Fucking What idiot. a prick. But, look. One of the uh, the last men standing in the concreting and entertainment business. Yes, he is. He's both. It's great. Uh, you know, Nathan Glover, eat your heart out. All right. Now, will your will your owners be panned? Uh, be be pandered to, to Joel? I this hope is so. what we. What was yes? That's how I, I like my anus. Um, so this is uh, question number three, and I think it's a real brain twister. I think the only way Pfizer can maintain its market valuation is by Buying its own stock. Okay. In my this is a real solid idea. In my opinion, this is now a toxic asset. Pfizer may get litigated out of existence. The Pfizer statement in response to the Project Veritas story should worry shareholders. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about Project Veritas before we go, or should we get the uh, the answers out there? I mean, basically, uh, I'm, I slightly mentioned it in Pete, but a guy got catfished on Grinder. He works for Pfizer and Project Veritas were basically trying to get him to say controversial shit. And he did. He was saying they were basically mutating COVID to, you know, to make new vaccines, that it was a cash cow, that regulators were in the pocket of Pfizer because they eventually worked for the company. But of course, there's a lot of selective editing and Project Veritas is to be taken with an absolute fucking spoonful of disgusting strong salt. Project Veritas. Which we sort of cover in uh, covering our potential answers is not exactly a balanced organisation. But here are the uh, potential potential winners. Uh, Not a Nazi, although he does like to pop the uniform on strictly for aesthetic purposes. Owner of Project Veritas, James O'Keefe. He probably has a lot of Hugo Boss for no real reason. Yeah, very right wing. Is Project what a, Veritas. What a good guy. Please send money. I'm poor again over Yemeni. Mm-hmm. Uh, or was it Hinge, Hedge Fund Manager? No, sorry. Wedding Photographer, Ruxian Fernando. Ruxian, I should say. Fernando. Yes. Ruxian, yes. Mm, he's not really an investor, is he? Anyway, here's a fantastic guy. Political leader in waiting to guide us through these difficult times. After all, 1.42% of New Zealanders thought so. 
Kim.com. It, this is a hard one because I don't think it's going to be James O'Keefe because you know, he is Project Veritas as such. Avi Yemeni, I don't know, I'm blocked. It sounds like the kind of thing that Ruxian would say because he wants to sound smart. And Kim.com, isn't he in fucking jail? I don't No, I don't he's not in jail. He, look, there's a fantastic story behind him. Not in jail. The FBI was after him. In the end, he threatened to sue them. He made that huge sort of Jack Elliott mistake, you know, he, he got off, he just snuck away and then he threatened to sue everybody and it ended very badly. Yeah. And he did, in fact, he didn't run himself because he's not a New Zealand citizen, but he did run in the 2017 election, I think. Yeah, um, okay. Uh, but he had candidates who did and won 1.42%. Yeah, that's pretty fucking embarrassing. Vote. Yeah, that's um, very embarrassing. Yeah, so who's your, who's your guess? I'm going to rush him. Oh, Duh. No, your ass will remain un, 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 unsupplemented. Uncoddled. Yeah. yeah, it was in fact Kim.com. Damn it. Yeah, and he's been, he, he, he's one to watch, Joel. Uh, he is really going nuts on this sort of stuff. Pivot and they actually, they actually believe that, you know, Pfizer will collapse. This is, you know, and, and to be fair, you, you probably got that half right. And then it was Kim, the Russian Fernando had retweeted Kim.com. Ah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. No. He would. He seems like a real simp for a fucking piece of shit like that. Yeah, he's not a heat fund manager. He's a wedding photographer. No, he's just a naughty boy. We fired you. We sacked you. We dismissed you as what? As garbage, because that's all you are. You're a criminal. You're a traitor. And you're going to the biggest barbecue in history. So from Christmas dinner to you are the dinner. Thank you. That's what I'll go with. Now, normally in this segment, we have a soft-sit outrage, and by that we mean funny moment where some clown who regards him or herself as sovereign engages in some police and or legal hijinks, behaves badly in court, and ends up doing much, much worse than they would have had they offered a better defence or pleaded guilty, often to the point where they are hanging with a glooster. The snapping turtle is badass self in a van down, down by, by the, the river. river. Yeah, that's the one. We wanted to address the issue of subset nomenclature because it is beginning to spiral out of control. Yes, members of the freedom movement have been described as sovereign citizens in media as a kind of umbrella description. Yeah, it's a bit much. I mean, like even morons in the freedom movement have pointed out that it's an oxymoron. And they know morons. They might not be <laughs> technically sovereign citizens. That is an oxymoron. I'll give them that. But they are dead shit morons. And I feel like we're yeah. safe using that term, right? That's, yeah, absolutely. That's We've correct nomenclature. We're, We're good. We've got some others. The correct yep. term, and one that is accepted in the lofty space of academia, is organised pseudo-legal commercial argument, or OPCA adherent, because the influences of this movement that has its origins in US white supremacy movements going back to the late 1980s, has more in common in terms of the legal and constitutional frameworks in Canada, yeah. which, like Australia, is a constitutional monarchy. Exactly. In Canada, the, vernic- the vernacular is free man on the land rather than sausage. Yeah. The trouble is, or the trouble arose really, is that language is fluid and those who know their linguistics will tell you that it is always changing and driven by vernacular. In this way, with global communications and to the great sadness of Jack, who bemoans the passing of strange slang into the nebula, thrown into a black hole, very sad, US vernacular takes over driven by media that lands on a term and just uses it to simplify their reporting. I mean, it's simple as that. So that's we say when an object is a bit short of expectations or has been manufactured poorly, it is Mickey Mouse. And that's not rhyming slang for grouse, which the Yanks never use. It should be, though. It yeah. should be. It's yeah. Mickey Mouse if it's a bit cheap and nasty. 
Grouse has died a bit as a term. That's a real shame. It has. Yeah. I think Pat Shield's keeping it alive. I bet he is. There are numerous examples of the septics taking over our vernacular through television and film, and it's a bit sad because there is very little we can do about it without turning into Chips Rafferty. And that's one of our earliest Australian actors to make it big overseas, who is a classic Australia talker, even when playing a British part. Yeah, 30 days, uh, September, April, June, and November, all the rest of 31, February, which is 20, uh, 29 on a week here. You know what, see? I speak perfect stride. Yeah, perfect stride. Yeah, it's that sort of thing. Yeah, you know, good steroids. Yeah, the first thing to say is that the term sovereign citizen or sovcit in its generic use in media is a bit lazy and often inaccurate. Yeah. For example, media reports including the cringy interview conducted by a certain Brisbane FM radio station recently describe long-term friend of the podcast, Dave Guru Graham, who is almost certainly not a sovereign citizen, but they call him one. No, it's fucking ridiculous. We would describe Graham as a conspiracist. He's a cultist for sure. He's a vicious and violent ideologue. These are much more accurate terms, but they're not Mm. as catchy, and I understand that. I get that. He trawls around the internet and in person, seeking followers to expand his influence, and that is classic cult leader stuff, not sovsit stuff. Ricky Bosey does the exact same thing. They're they're two sides of the same fucking coin. Yeah, when I think of uh, Dave Guru Graham, I think, well, you know, at least Jimmy Jones had a bit of charisma. Yeah, (laughs) Guru's so unlikable. So whereas we might look at someone like Wayne Glue as a genuine OPCA inherent because he has this whole litany of pseudo-law to back up his invariably failed legal pursuits, you know, like something's different. Yes, he's definitely an OPCA adherent. And for those who don't know the snapping tool, he came up with the idea that the Australian Constitution was invalid, the Australian Act uh, the Australia Act is a fabrication or some similar nonsense, stop paying his council rates and 10 years of exhaustive legal back and forth later, he's been declared a vexatious litigant in WA Supreme Court and he's living in a van down, down, by, down the by the river. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Wayne. You lost your house, but you gave it a shot. And that's what's important. Australians love giving it a go and you did. Okay, good. Thanks. Mm. But it is classic OPCA behaviour. I mean, we might even lazily refer to him as a sobsit, and that might be vaguely right, but the real correct term is OPCA. And because, and this is the most important part here, Wayne, the snapping turtle glue, didn't just completely stuff up his life by practicing pseudo-law that invariably saw him lose in the civil courts, but that he seeks to influence others to go down the same path. And that is an important differential here. This is a path... That is leading all the way down to you know where to a van down by the (laughs) river with associated economic poverty and, you know, inevitably having to wash your shit catches in said river. It's not very hygienic. It's nasty. It's Mm. not, no, brown water. Yeah, pseudo-law adherents never win. Never. Never, ever. But Glue, as an influencer, continues to lie that he has won his court cases and urges his followers to take a leaf out of his book which is, in, in his case, a page from a 17th century textbook on Portuguese maritime law. Yeah, quick and garrant usually. And have a crack in the district court, the Supreme Court, or bet a lot on red in the high court and come off second best, bankrupted and living in a caravan at some point or another in one of Australia's natural flowing watercourses. Yes, but not moving fast enough to remove the detritus <laughs> in the water, which winds up in his 
originally white shit oh, catches that yeah. now are a sad, be sad huge. shade of brown. They'd be huge. They anyway, be, it gets they? more dangerous when OPCA adherents advise and seek to influence others to break criminal laws. And as, and, and as we saw in Wyambler late last year, can have deadly results. Yeah, and for all that, we intend to keep this segment going. We're going to call it Sobsies for the Man. Yes, because, you know, A, our listeners pretty much know what we're talking about, right? Like, fucking, come on. But B, people like Guru Graham absolutely hate it, and we love it. It's a yeah. fun term. That's that's a very, very good reason. They hate it. And that's yeah. uh, and now I can't really actually think of a better one. Well, we like that. it. I think that's another supplementary thing. I think, you know, it, it's fun. We're having fun with it. But so there you have it. The correct term for a subset in the vernacular is organized pseudo-legal commercial argument inherent or in the case of those spreading these sort of dopey ideas, influencer. You could just call them OPCA adherents. It's, it kind of rolls off the tongue, doesn't and, really. And by the way, cooker is a term that does make us feel a little uncomfortable, yeah, certainly that's, when that's, it is yeah. used to describe the poor sods who have been dragged down rabbit holes by influencers. Yeah, yeah. But we use it and everyone yeah. does, but we feel yeah. a better term for those unfortunates is cult follower. Yeah, yeah. Now, someone like Smith, or one eggs, one eglio, is a cultist or cult leader because that too is correct all the way to the Oxford English Dictionary definition. And this is not to take away from Tom Tanneke's discovery of the cooker and the proliferation of it. Bless your heart for doing it. But we do need to be more directed in our sort of nomenclature when it comes to these sort of guys. When we're seriously reporting it, yes, we do. Anti-vaxxers, conspiracy theorists, blah, blah, blah. When it comes to influencers, these grifters, these clout merchants, the people who like destroy lives and families, any term is really applicable. You can call them cultists, you can call them cookers, you can call them subsets if you really want to. Use whatever term you figure will piss them off the most. Or you can simplify it and call them all cunts. Yeah. We hope we've made this clear. Yeah. I'm a staunch patriot. I love our country. I love our freedoms. I love that in Australia you can be anything that you want to be. There is nothing and no one stopping you from achieving your hopes, your aspirations, and your dreams. It has been a huge week huge. in Pete Evans. Huge. Or should I say, like, a couple of years, because Pete's back on Facebook. Wow. Well, he's kind of always been there. As someone who, at this point, almost pathetically, has followed the craggy face, disgraced former pizza cook for like two and a half years now. I never really thought this would go this long. Didn't even realize his Evolve TV network Facebook page was still going. Mm. He took a post on Telegram with a screenshot of Facebook to make me realize the cheeky fucker was still on Meta. Good Lord. The page was started in August 2020 when his yeah, personal page saw that. with around 1 million followers. That got the chop in November that year. So it was mm. started just, you know, a little bit before he got the arse. But his Evolve page is a little bit less popular with about 10,000 people. Aww. Look, I, still, I wouldn't mind those numbers in the shitposting group. That'd be kind of cool. Of course, I couldn't find the Facebook page when I searched, not on my main account at least, because I am blocked. Oh, just like blocked Pete. by Pete Evans, blocked me. Everyone Pete Evans related blocks me eventually. Probably have been for some time. I probably said something like, you're a cunt or stop killing children with liver broth. <laughs> well, it's mostly recipes for like steroid fed salmon with a side of sausage salsa and zebra liver or some shit. It's still a bit of a ban evasion account, and I'm not sure Please. if that's... Yeah, anyway, I reported it, whatever. Back on Telegram, I am absolutely disgusted to say that he posted a Matt Foley meme. If you don't know who Matt Foley is, Matt Foley is the Chris Farley Saturday Night Live character who blessed us with, 
in a van, van down, down by, by the, the river. river. That such jokes a, him. Such a funny man. Mm. It fucking sucks seeing the Craig Master quoting that. It just makes me feel gross. That I'm like, does. that's our joke. Don't feel dirty. Don't tread on my toes, you motherfucker. Pete was also back in the news with news.com.au taking the piss out of his overpriced fasting retreats, and rightly so, because it is pretty funny considering the only thing he's good at is cooking, and he refuses to do that on this retreat. <laughs> You're going to pay not to eat his cooking. It's great. It's so fucking pointless. Like, why would you go? I guess it's probably $1,000 cheaper than the other one. His response was completely normal, as usual. Thanksnews.com with a capital N for some reason, you fucking buffhead, for promoting our wonderful Evolve Sanctuary to a new audience. Always grateful for your support, and I do believe that our fasting retreats are extremely valued, just like our cooking and other retreats. They're different. They're different. This, no. You know, there's no cooking in the, in the fasting. No. You know, there's you're just not eating. Yeah, go along to your, go along to Pete's place and starve. Exactly. As a side note, he goes on to say, what happens when you fast, especially in relation to autophagy? Auto, what is that? Autophagy? Autophagy? I don't fucking know. Mm. I haven't looked it up because I think if it's you are, suicides. Well, look, yes, we should have looked it up. If you are unaware of what autophagy means in relation to eliminating damaged cells, then I invite you to take a deep dive in, into this to educate yourself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is a copy and paste. He said that. And then, yeah, I know. I know. In, 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 I invite you to take a deep dive into this to educate it yourself, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can see why the fake news would like for its readers to not know about this, especially in relation to the shot. Oh, mm-hmm. he makes Yeah, I think He's he never does. Been never been a fan. I'm not. Nah, but like you can feel him seething as he wrote that. I mean, come on, Pete. You do love your research, to be fair. He goes on a post about fasting through the week because clearly he's not bothered by the news article at all. I mean, like, it's fine. Any publicity, all publicity, it's all good publicity, bro. Like, only narcissists would get upset by trivial things like this. You know, he's he's much stronger than that. He's not a malignant narcissist or a vain narcissist or a pathological narcissist. He's fine. But his feed is just a usual babble about vaccines and Bitcoin. You know, it's often laced with vulgar right-wing tropes. And in the wake mm-hmm. of this Pfizer scandal we talked about earlier involving Project Veritas, some classic blatant homophobia. Oh, and as hey. we said, because he got catfished, this Pfizer exec got catfished on the on, on Grindr. So they make jokes about gays. That's just great. Oh, nice. Classy stuff. Oh, he's such a fucking asshole. He also posts about how Bill Gates wants to eliminate eggs. Which is bullshit, of course. He simply said that Beyond Meat, which, mind you, Bill Gates is a massive fucking capitalist. He's a huge investor in this. Have made fake eggs with less cholesterol. Which, personally, I'm like big fucking whoop. And like cookers like to highlight a lot, the guy's not exactly fit. Big fucking deal. Yeah. Eggs aren't being banned by Bill Gates. Yeah. You paranoid fucking half Well, it, it, it could be that they've banned the chicken first, Joe. Oh, very philosophical. Wasn't ready for that, Socrates. <laughs> But Zippy Babbitt hasn't been idle. No, oh, good. no. Yeah, he posted this tweet alongside a picture of himself and a fucking giant round neon sign. United Australia Party written across the top, Senator Babbitt written across the bottom, and a map of Australia bang in the middle. Not Mauritius? This is Australia. Okay. No, right. no, Australia. Just checking. Classic cringy Babbitt behavior. And this is how your taxpayer <laughs> dollars are being spent. And he said this. I just took delivery of my UAP neon. I think it's going to look great on the wall in my new studio. What's he doing? Mm -hmm. What's he doing? What do you think? 
He thinks he's throwing it open there. He wants to hear yeah. from us. And then there's various hashtags that he's repeated, UAP and United Australia Party. Well, personally, I think it's fucking gross. It's I think it's ugly. Disgusting. I think it's ugly and it's going to go. I think it's going to be smashed with a hammer zip. I mean, look, he's got the taste of, uh, let's say, a cooked real estate agent who Bradbury himself into the Senate. <laughs> yeah, he's got that. But it does send us a chilling message here that like all shithead right-wing content creators, he's about to start recording nonsense in a brick room with a neon sign with his dumb name on it. It looks like Zippy Babbitt is about to start his career as a weird YouTuber guy. Sounds like shit, even though he's using expensive audio gear. We know that's this guy. Society needs this like a fucking moose needs a hat rack. This is superfluous to requirements, Zippy. Don't start, just finish. But that wasn't the only moment Ralphie Babs made me puke into my own mouth this week. Zippy took a walk down memory lane, bizarrely doubling down on one of the most cringe photos in political history. He quoted this. I posted this to Instagram back in February 2022. I was just a candidate in a David V. Goliath battle. Fast (laughs) forward and now I'm a senator. Blessed to be able to have an opportunity to make a difference in the future direction of Australia. Thank you to everyone who supported me i think it's about 14 people isn't it yeah so who was who was goliath who was david was it the billionaire that paid to get you in there uh, now, uh, uh, yes there's been some release of uh, of uh, clivey boys uh, spending about 100 nearly 120 yeah yeah that's what got you in there you're not david you're fucking peter teal yeah. you anus yeah you're an overweight anyway. goliath yes there is that too so he's there in this picture standing with his hands on his hips wearing a long sleeved red flannel with the sleeves rolled up <laughs> and the tightest light blue cut off jeans Ooh, with like the the, nice. the, with the ripped Ooh, seams there's a little bit of cheesecake on oh, beefcake sorry oh it's fucking Probably gross looks a honestly bit more like cheesecake but anyway it's pretty sad this picture circulated some time ago around the time of posting people thought it was pretty funny he looked like a spanner but that's how bad yeah. he just Like, he doesn't only just, like, stand by this cringe photo, but he doubles down by reposting it, Mm. which is just beautiful. Self-awareness, not a jot. Zero, zero. So otherwise, Zip's obsession with communism is still a thing. He doesn't seem to really know what it is, but that's not really the point. We still don't know if he's learned of the death of Margaret Thatcher. Mm. Like, I mean, how could she be dead? She's She's on Twitter. She's got an account. It's her face. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. So he's appealing also to this sort of classic average Australian demographic, this sort of how is battler type, by claiming the woes of people are due to government intervention. Uh, damn that government. Yeah. Yeah, sure, Zippy, let's let's let the market decide. What could possibly go wrong? I mean, you know, maybe lead in the diapers. Don't worry about it, you know. Regulators are just stifling innovation. And look, lead filled diapers are cheaper. This is how markets work. It's no problem. Thanks, Babbitt. So glad you're in charge. And then there's that cringe picture of Babs lighting a cigar in a shirt and vest his mum clearly made him wear in what looks like an advert tarot cash with this caption. Happy Friday. After the busy day I've had, <laughs> it's safe to say this cigar and a nice single malt is going to go down very well. He really has moved up in the world, hasn't he? I mean, busy doing fucking what? You don't actually do anything. Your Senate attendance is under 50%. I was going to say that, Babs, yeah. I mean, most of the work you do is posting on social media. Nobody cares about your vote in the Senate. You don't have a party to work with. You aren't on any committees. Nobody cares. Apparently, though, very tiring, you're still flogging real estate on the side, which isn't illegal, mind you, but it's pretty fucking poor form from a senator who farts on about how ineffective government is. You know what? It would be pretty fucking ineffective if you were in charge, you useless piece of shit. Yes, he's getting rid of horrible 
just terrible government job by contributing it to it by one. Yes, and doing nothing in the process. You have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. Jack can be found on Twitter and at Jack the Insider and Joel and at Crunch Moses with AK. We set up a Facebook page you can find fairly easily. And if you enjoyed the episode, please share it on social media. It gets us more ears, makes us more feasible. Life goes on. Make the graph go up. Yeah, we have a Patreon to help keep this sustainable. We mentioned at the top of the show, it's bloody time consuming, the show that is, and we still have to pay the rent. Help keep the lights yeah. on, folks. Please do. It actually does genuinely help. And if we could make this a career, I would put so much more time into it. For as little as $5 a month, you'll have access to all sorts of bonus content, including a weekly bonus episode of all the good shit that didn't make into the main program. We always have like 10 things we want to cover. We have to curate it down to a few because otherwise the show would go Joe Rogan strength long and I can't edit that. We can't bother. You don't want to listen to it. But we do try and make it worth your while. And finally, all feedback, tips and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's to tell us that we are now directly of a company called Crystal Knight. I saw that's Crystal Knight to you. Crystal Knight. In, Queens, Crystal Knight. in Queensland, it's Crystal Knight. Christ- Crystal Knight. Yeah. Thanks, listeners. See, See you next time. Fuck, she sucks. I don't think I ever want to talk to any of those people. Fuck me, you guys are bastards.